1: I mean, who didn't wear out their VHS copy of the recording of Cats rewinding to watch the Rum Tum Tugger? Just me? Okay.
2: Oh my god, did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear? Oh my god, guys. hot. I can Oh my
3: god, my god.
1: What's up everybody? My name is Jake Workman and this is Oh My Pod you guys, a musical theater and pop culture podcast. You guys, this week has been busy. I finished up my little stint standing by for Mary Sunshine in Chicago and if you haven't listened, I did a ridiculous bonus episode of the pod in the dressing room between shows with Ryan Lowe and Ray Bacore, two of the longest running cast members in Chicago and they are an absolute Hoot, it was giving the three stooges. We were giggle gaggling, so you gotta listen to that episode. There have also been quite a few open calls for new shows coming to Broadway, which has been a fun thing to sort of navigate. So we are kicking it into high gear, honey. Thank you so much for being here. If you're new to the pod, my name is Jake. I'm a Broadway performer in New York City, and I'm a weekly podcaster, so you can count on me in your ears every single monday or exclusively a day early on broadwayworld.com which leads me to my favorite time of the day the broadway world recap so let's get into it you guys there has been a lot going on this week including the announcement that harry potter and the cursed child will launch a north american tour next year now if you haven't seen this show you guys it is currently running on broadway at the lyric theater and they have created something just astounding. I mean, this show is truly one of the most wild visual spectacle shows I have ever seen, but I am a little like, how the hell are they going to take this on the road? I mean, when they are talking about magic, they are doing magic, darling. I mean, they renovated the Lyric Theater to be in the world of Harry Potter. So I'm, I'm just so excited to see what they're able to do on the road. And I'm so excited for audiences who may not be able to get to New York or, you know, they, they did a, a run in California and they've done it in England. But to get to tour it across the, the country and bring it to audiences that may not have been able to see it before is really exciting. And, you know, apart from a um, she who must not be named author being a horribly transphobic person... I love Harry Potter and I love this show, so I'm very excited for this tour. Next, you guys, in a bit of casting news, it was just announced that Josh Groban and Annalee Ashford are actually set to play their final performance as Sweeney Todd and Mrs. Lovett in January. I still have not seen the show and I really want to see both of them in it, so I definitely need to get my ass to the Lunt Fontaine and see them before January 14th, but I do know that their replacements are going to be... Kookie crazy amazing this production of sweeney todd is the first time that it has been done with the original 26 player orchestration on this scale since 1980 so this is this is an epic show and if you love sondheim and you love sweeney todd this is the production to see but if you want to catch josh groban and Annalie ashford you have to see it before january 14th next you guys we have to talk about the Waitress the Musical Broadway film trailer that just came out starring none other than, you guessed it, Sarah Bareilles herself. The two production companies, Bleecker Street and Fathom Events, have come together to create a five-day series of nationwide special event screenings of the Waitress filmed live musical extravaganza starting on December 7th. And the trailer, you guys, looks amazing. A friend of mine, one of my fabulous Matron Mama Mortons from the Broadway company of Chicago, Miss Charity Angel Dawson, is starring in it alongside Sarah Bareilles. And it looks so good. It's going to be mixed incredibly well, so you know it's going to sound amazing. I just, I cannot wait to see this in theaters. And you should check out the trailer on BroadwayWorld.com. Next, you guys, we got the announcement that the musical Suffs is going to transfer to Broadway in April of 2024 after their Off-Broadway premiere at the Public Theater last April of 2022. The musical has a book, music, and lyrics all by Shayna Tob, and it centers around the story of women's suffrage in 1913, and I have actually have a few really great friends who got to do the Off-Broadway production, and I hope that they get to transfer to Broadway in 2024. So stay tuned for all the casting announcement for that show. I cannot wait to fill you in. And lastly, you guys, we got an incredible announcement that none other than Ms. Elle Fanning, Golden Globe, Emmy, and SAG Award-nominated actress, is set to make her Broadway debut in Appropriate as part of Second Stage's 45th anniversary season. Elle Fanning joins previously announced Natalie Gold, Alyssa Emily Marvin, and Sarah Paulson and Corey Stoll, in Brandon Jacobs Jenkins' Broadway debut play. The show is being directed by Lila Nagebauer, and preview performances will begin Wednesday, November 29th, and the show will officially open on Monday, December 18th at the Hayes Theater on West 44th Street. I have loved Elle Fanning for a long time, and I'm so excited that she gets to make her stage debut in New York. And you guys, this has been the Broadway World Recap. Oh my pod, you guys. I am so excited to welcome not one little lady, but two to the podcast this week. You guys, I am joined by none other than creatives Katie Mack and Suzanne McDonald. You guys, welcome to the pod. I am so excited to have you both.
3: Oh my pod, oh my pod, oh my pod. With that kind of introduction,
1: (laughs) wow. (laughs) Wow. Oh my god, I am so <laughs> so excited that you guys are here because you have a very very important and exciting show to talk about and I cannot wait to hear about it. You guys, for the listeners, this show that these people have created is called Hashtag #UglyCry and it is going to be off-Broadway this October and I cannot wait to see it. Please It's going to be wild dive right in. Miss Katie Mack, you not only star in this one person show, but you have also written it. And Suzanne, you are the incredible director who is helping form this experience. Please tell me, where did this show come from for you both?
3: Jake, perfect question. So hashtag ugly cry is a one woman show. And that really is for the simplicity sake of trying to get something new at, off the ground. So i uh, it is The impetus for hashtag ugly cry comes from something that I've been grappling with as a creator for a bunch of years, which is we get it. We get it. Theaters are a safe space. Let's take the phones. Let's turn them off. We get it. But what if we flip that orthodoxy and we say, what would happen if we brought phones into the space and not just use them punitively, not like put like, oh, it's immersive but like actually made the show with phones in mind. And that the concept of phones are sort of baked into the concept. So I've been, like, writing little shows about this for a while. Um, and then that led me to a show that I did in um, 2021 uh, called Hashtag Breakup Content. We're creating a little series here. Um, sort of all about where I asked people to bring their phones into the audience. And we looked at my phone and looked at my online life and charted my entire breakup via Instagram. Great. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I made that with a very good friend of mine named Eric Anthematon. And that is the jumping off point for Hashtag Ugly Cry because Eric Anthony Madden is an old lover of mine. Uh, I met him uh, in 2012 when I first moved to New York with Broadway dreams in mind. And he really, of course. of course, and he showed me what bohemia was like. And I was like, rent? Oh, my God, take me there. Um, <laughs> and he introduced me to, like, what performance art might look like and, um, you know, the going to PS One, going to the Whitney's, going going to the Whitney, going to the galleries in in Chelsea, uh, going to these performance art exhibits, uh, uh, things that would take place in the city, and it just lit me up. Eric and I made the show hashtag breakup content, and then two weeks later, he was murdered. Wow. So this ripped somebody who I had just reconnected back with um, away from me, and away, obviously. Uh, violently um, I was totally unable to make sense of it and a little bit always sort of having a lens on um, kind of like the question is sort of like well well, what am I supposed to do now and I have sort of had this theory for a while that's like well someone's got to have an answer right like someone's got to be able to teach me how to grieve and there was something that happened that was pretty unique which is I sort of realized uh, that grieving uh, is of course universal historical like you know to to live is to eventually die but i I really came up with I was grappling with this concept around what does it mean to grieve in the age of the internet when we have a whole digital life that stays with the people we leave behind so that's yeah. that's the that's the kernel of this show um, and it was written it's been written twice over the course of two years. And this kind of final iteration uh, is made with a lot of Suzanne's love and a lot of everybody else's um, care and love in it. But really, right? If we wanted the cute short answer, uh, hashtag Ugly Cry is about grieving in the age of social media and how one girl deals with the loss of her xxxxx boyfriend uh, by using his digital content. So it's based on a true story, which is my story and the insanity that I did while uh, trying to grapple with the loss of this person. Yeah.
1: Wow. It's just incredible. I mean, e- even just hearing you speak about it so so easily and openly, you know, I, I must assume speaks to how far you have come through your your grieving process with, with this situation and probably with others. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you then bring in someone like the wonderful suzanne mcdonald to say here is the actual truth of what happened it uh, fucking sucked how can you make it look good for an audience like where where in the writing and creation process do you bring in a director like that to sort of like help mold what it's going to become
3: well, I'll I'll pass it off to Suzanne in just a second because I think you'll be able to really run with it. But from writers to other writers or creators to other creators, when when we're sort of you know to- told to write something, we're supposed to write with abandon, right? A little bit write with like no you know financial hindrances judgment. in mind like right. and yeah, no, no judgment but then like you know write for boudoir right Write for you know if you want something to fall from the ceiling you want it to snow on stage <laughs> you want to suddenly have a cow or like you know whatever like write it you know and then and then we'll deal do with it. the financial stuff later so there are tons of things in the show where the paragraph is like well one of my favorite paragraphs is she does a treadmill ballet now girl I need to tell you I don't do ballet <laughs> Uh, I don't know what that looks like. So I literally said something like, well, this is yours now, Suzanne. Make it happen. And Suzanne has a a strong history in this kind of stuff. And I'll I'll let you talk about yourself from here, Suzanne, but really took it with stride. (laughs) Like, no fear.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, and that's where, you know, all of my love for devising theater and experimental theater comes from. You know, that, you know, that's my, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. Oh, my God, of course. And. (laughs) And that's what, you know, really connected with me, the play, Uh, when I really first read it for the first time and connected with Mac, I all of a sudden was just like, I have to do this show. Like, I don't care how I'm connected, but I, I need to be involved. And I was so lucky to be able to direct this experience, but I... You know, because I come from a background in devising and experimental theater, I I love directing, but I don't come at it in a traditional way. I come in it in as a collaborator, um, and so that really helped us work together as a one-woman show because, you know, it's not my job as a director in this sense to take away max privilege of being a creator of her own story. It's my job to support the story and support her through her process and to bring her to life in a new way and to find that treadmill ballet dance, um, which is my favorite thing (laughs) in the entire world. And, you know, I, you know, it took us a long time to figure out what that was, and we had a great movement coordinator come on, and we tried to do it ourselves, uh, because I love movement, and Mac is incredible with her body. Um, and we were actually, like, two <laughs> days away from previews, and in the middle of previews, and we were like, okay, our first attempt, not working. And then our second one worked, and we were like, okay, great, huzzah! Like, you know, it's just, you know, I come from a different background of, you know, I love classical theater, and and but I also... Have this expertise in developing new theater which is why I just was so drawn to this text and um, you know I also have been in the middle of my own grieving process and so when I read the text and then saw the reading in New York I was so blown away uh, because it's so connected to my own grieving process and through grief plays that I have been directing and writing and a short film about grief that I've done um, as well that I knew that this was going to be a part of my like blue phase Um, (laughs) and and it has been and it's been wonderful and that's kind of been my connection is collaboration rather than You know stealing the spotlight as a director Well and then in
3: in tandem with that I mean like just to really highlight the collaboration Jake um, is that you know The whole other character with the show One of the reviewers from Pittsburgh said It's a one woman show sort of and I loved that because there's a whole other character, which is the technology, which is a big part of this show. And so we have mm. people like Janice Young, Brian Ellis, and Juliet Laust, um, who are all people who are part of our team that basically, you know, you write you write into the rafters, but then you go, can I do this? And someone goes, yeah, I actually think you can. And you're like, hell yeah. Uh-huh. You know, like what, <laughs> you know, you actually bounce out off, off of something hard. Um, and it allowed us to create, uh, real-life moments that happen in real life without uh, being in the same room. This, like, virtual life that we now know so well, you know?
2: Totally, exactly. totally. And we aren't individual artists, right? We we are collaborative artists where if someone else had an idea, we were like, great, let's build on that. And it allowed us to create so collaboratively through technology because we all have different backgrounds and different sets of knowledge that you know, I don't know anything about technology. We're working with AI. I I am not an AI specialist. Wild, yeah. So, <laughs> so you know that's not my game. I uh, you know I I do theater. Like you know, put me in a black box, great. Uh, put me in front of a computer. I don't know what I'm doing. You yes. Know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm just so excited for for you guys in in this you know iteration. I I would love to ask you about, you know, the previous iterations of this show and how you got to this point with doing an off-Broadway production. But um, before I do, I really want to hear maybe a little bit more about sort of the, the subject or, or the catalyst for this project, which was Eric, because I know that he was a huge advocate for prison reform. And I think that that is something that, um, I mean, we could just talk endlessly about because it's so so pressing and important. But um, I'd love to hear about about Eric and what what he sort of meant to you, you know, in creating this show.
3: Thank you so much. Um, Eric Anthematen, Eric Galen, Domingos Anthematen is um, or was at a incredibly prolific human being we met um at the uh west end or underground lounge 12 years ago as he hosted i know we well i know you do i know you do baby <laughs> um he used to host this um open mic night And I met him on, like, one of the first open mic nights that they were having. And uh, that's just one of the many, many things that Eric would do. So he lived right around the corner. So, like, having a safe space for people to go to not just be brilliant but also be bad was really important to him. Many, 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 many people – uh, met him as he would do stuff like, you know, just make sure the sound was equipped for that night. He played a million instruments. Um, Eric was a singer and performer in his own right, um, performance artist, and comes from a slam poetry, poetry background. Um, but I really found his calling in philosophy and has – and I think sort of like this sort of – the and the Venn diagram of like teacher performance – just would hit it you know a little bit this idea of like how can he create a little bit of a ripple in his classrooms um I, and so he would t- he would teach ethics um to adults and teach ethics to incoming freshmen he taught at new school eventually getting tenure at new school he got his phd from new school um he's such an interesting combination of a human he's texan born and raised uh but at new yorker for the past 20 years um wow. and he just he you, I grew up with being a martial artist, so sort of had this like really strong disciplines um, and really strong uh, moral viewpoint of the world. Um, was an incredible BJJ, um, uh, Br- Brazilian Jiu Jitsu artist, uh, master, uh, human. And so, like, was like, <laughs> person? yeah, person. Um, you know, <laughs> we trained for his first marathon together, we trained for triathlons together. So, I mean, again, just like what, like, live a full life. Go ahead and try. It's exhausting. And this man fucking right. did
2: it. I mean, really <laughs> and truly.
3: And he just had the weirdest friends. He's one of these people, you know, that wrote, you know, he wrote articles, um, uh, published articles in The Atlantic and The New York Times. And just was a person of the world. And for me to be so goddamn ignorant um, and to have <laughs> to know this person intimately shaped my life in a way that... Um, I knew before Eric passed, um, I had the, the, the lovely, horrible, uh, benefit of falling incredibly in love with somebody. Um, and this sort of like, again, fall in love with a philosopher and get a little fucked up. Um,
1: yeah, good luck. Yeah.
3: Right. <laughs> um, and it was like <laughs> profound, and like, you know, like heart wrenching and like the push pull and it's just like spoke to me in so many ways. Um, Hell yeah. But Right. Like, you know, the way we would like make up is like meet me in the middle of the Whitney at 12 p.m. You're like, OK, like, I don't know. Like, sure. Sounds. Good. Oh,
1: my God. You know,
3: right. Just like I,
1: my nipples just got hard.
3: Yeah. Mine are perpetually hard <laughs> from that moment. It's crazy.
1: <laughs> I'm never
3: cured. Um, And and so. So, again, you know, Eric was eight to nine years my senior Um, uh, and. I was incredibly influenced. And I also knew that as a performer yes um of course we all want to we dream big and want to make it big but I wanted to do the things that he was doing and so um as a as a poet like I started to like he was a poet so I started to write poetry like you know we're so impacted so like he was on 104th street so I one day when we broke up I put like a bunch of poems up on 103rd like I like on like lined paper, right? Just like, this is the person that I wanted to become because of the person yes. he was. Of course. Um, and so, you know, I just, again, the way that I make art, the way that I write my viewpoint of the world, um, is just, you know, like many of his students, like many of his friends, so very him. And it's so interesting to now be such a part of his community. Um, because everybody sounds like him. He has a very particular way of speaking. Um, and it's like, and it, and it impacts, it's like, it's all little pieces of Eric. Eric deposited his soul into everybody. And, um, and you can't run away from that. I mean, when somebody's just so influential. Um, sure.
2: He's even influential for me, and mm. I never met him, you know? I've been reading this book called Range, and he had such range and you can even see it within the media that we use within our show every night and I feel like I know him from the way that Mac has brought him to me through our show and through our dramaturgy and I've even been inspired by him especially because I come from a background of experimental things and you know seeing Dancing with Trauma which is something that he created that we use prominently in our show and I think that our audiences really get to know him as well and it really is an extension of him and so you know we have this second character of media and then we have this third character of Eric and then yet we have this other relationship of the audience and it's it's fascinating to see those relationships play out and so when we talk about it kind of being a one woman show it really is kind of because at the core of it, it, it it can be argued that yes, it is Mac's show, but it also is Eric's show. I hope so, because it just wow, it his soul is so there, and it we really do feel like, at least for me, that we do resurrect him almost every night. Well,
1: and I think it sort of points to the craft of the the show itself. I mean, like it's embedded in the writing in that you you may not have known this person, but posthumously we can still connect to him and connect with him. And I think that is the brilliance of incorporating something like social media and, and using your phone. And you know, it, that is what we do it and it will forever be what we do now because we have like a tangible, like scrapbook of the people in our lives and, and ourselves to look back on at, at like for quick reference, just like whenever you want to, Well, and
3: it's so interesting because it's not just a scrapbook um, that your mom made. You made it. Jake, I look back, you know, like like you and I don't have to talk every day for me to cheer you on in your successes now. Right. I get to be I get to comment on things. Oh, I didn't know that it does not even have to be in the moment like and you crafted it. And, you know, when I see people come across my feed that are honoring other people who have passed away, if you tag them, I'm going to go look.
1: Oh, of course. Did, you know, right.
3: Like, I'm going to go look. And I hope
1: you do. Like, yeah, that's, that's right, right. part exactly, of it.
3: Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think like the most succinct way to describe someone like Eric, um, and then a little bit to talk about my secret mission, because I think everything has a secret mission, um, is that <laughs> Eric was a philosopher, a musician philosopher who did like naked backflips in the middle of the snow. You know, like that is the person sure. who we are dealing with. And I. My mission for this show has been something that we all, like, we as friends joke about. um, We're trying to make him go viral. We are trying to make him go viral. He wanted to go viral his whole life. He had things to say, (laughs) wildness to promote, and, like, and he can do that posthumously. He can do that afterwards. Here. Here. Right here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I have him tattooed on my arm. Eventually, I will die, and it will die with me. But, like, Mm -hmm. if the internet still stays... You know, we'll see what happens. Right. In 20 years. But, um, but yeah, right, like exactly. at the world that we still have and we're still clicking, he gets to live on in some way. Right. I mean, there's no there's no pretending that he's here. But maybe right. for a little bit. I mean, we've really had some cool people spend some time with Eric and say, that's a cool motherfucker.
1: <laughs> and I cannot wait to be one of those people.
2: they are also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games
3: that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up
2: now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life.
1: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So tell me about, like, from initial, I mean, I guess we could start at the very beginning, which would be, you know, the impetus of it all the grief the the you know not only is it losing someone so close to you and, and so influential in your life but losing them in a way that feels so violating and um in in human if that makes any sense i mean there's there's just no sense of um like logic when it comes to someone being taken by someone else um but then you know you you clearly worked through it in in one way or another and got to a point where you said, you know what, I'm actually going to take this and I'm going to use it to make art. I'm going to make something with this loss. So how do you go from the very, very first initial, I'm writing this out, stream of consciousness or or whatever, to I'm going to do it as an actual piece of art for people to watch and consume?
3: It's... There's two things that really come up for me for that. And um, one is, you know, Eric and I, when we reconnected, we had not spoken for a handful of years. And then we were both going through big breakups um, and we were doing unwell and we reconnected during that. So we were obsessed with each other because only two people going through breakups can be understand how horrible it is for the other person to go through. But everyone else is like, okay, yeah, we get it, girl like you're going to be okay. Um, So obsessed with each other. texting constantly FaceTiming constantly and reconnecting this thing and having known each other intimately. Right. Um, up to the point where his last text message that he sent me was like an hour before he died. Um, holy shit. So, so I'm, I responded to him and at that point he had left his, you know, his human soul had left the planet. Um, by the time I got back to him, um, and, and so that, that, like, marked for me, right? There was just, like, there's something about that that um, I – there's a book called um, Moving On Doesn't Mean Letting Go by um, uh, Gina Moth. Uh, hold on. And she she basically talks about there's the moment, be- you know, the before and the after, right, before you go into the grief it, right. fall, And right. we have these things that it doesn't have to be at the delivery of the message, um, but there's a defining factor. And one of my defining factors right before my grief fall. Was um, uh, I had a conversation With Eric's best friend um, Who had reached out to me And uh, Gina Maffa From Moving On Doesn't Mean to Go Thank you um, I, Sorry I just really want It's a great book He was on the phone with me He sounds just like Eric And I'm lying on the kitchen Of uh, a, an, uh, an Airbnb in New Hampshire And I'm unable to get up And this oh. is our first conversation and he, we're talking about whether or not I'm going to go to the funeral. And the last thing he says to me is, we're going to do 12 months of mourning, 12 events for Eric, because he deserves that. And then he says, Katie, I want you to grieve hard. Which is just the opposite of what we are sort of told to do, which is right. this like moving on thing. And I, it's like his, his conviction around that was again, like there's, there's the moments before and there's a the moment after. And what does that mean? Um, and I think that was the first, I think after I talked to Alex, I wrote my online eulogy. I wrote my Instagram post or whatever. Uh-huh. That's like my yeah. first thing of trying to express to the universe, this person meant to me. Yeah. And because Eric and I had just made hashtag breakup content and we had plans I had Honey.
1: plans. <laughs> yes.
3: Like, I mean, it's just one of those things where I was super, super aware that we had plans and I wasn't ready to give them up. Yeah. and we were going to make more things. I have been looking for my creative artistic partner my whole life and at the time that Eric and I connected I wasn't quite mature enough yet. And when we reconnected I was like, "Okay, well this is it." Like I don't know if we're going to be lovers again, probably occasionally, who knows. You know, but we'll still like as artists but, you like, know, you know, you know. <laughs> but like but <laughs> this person like I this is why they're back. This is why they're back. Holy mm. shit. You know, and I'm sure we feel that way all the time when we fall in love. This is like artists falling in love. And if anybody's listening that's ever fallen, they like artistic partner. Like you don't let that shit go. Right. right. Like it like, will never go away. It never goes away. Like all the greatest, you know, musicals are written by two people. Um, mm-hmm. Mostly. Um, <laughs> so. So this was my excuse to keep doing something with him. And I did not by any means like it sounds cusp insane, but like I wrote no. this whole thing. <laughs> checking in with eric the whole thing Mm -hmm. i was not i was like for a month i sat in a coffee shop literally from the time it opened almost until it closed every day like almost not writing pages and literally just in conversation with this dead person like what do you think should we do this and i knew the other thing which is i can only tell my point of view of the story and how can i make eric laugh that's really it (laughs) absolutely and I sort of make this argument that in general, we always write for one person. I actually make the argument that we post for one person. We are always trying to get the attention of one person. No matter what you post, you are trying don't play. You are trying to get the attention of your right. ex-partners, current partner's <laughs> mother-in-law, who's going to talk about you at Thanksgiving. Like, you know, cause she's been following you, like whatever. And sure. I say that about this. I wrote this to, and it, this was a, Actually, a quite rude awakening for me when the show opened. I wrote hashtag breakup content. It's supposed to be about my ex partner, but I wrote it for Eric, and mm-hmm. so I got a phone call after hashtag breakup content. Uh, we did it only two nights, and um, and just this like, we did it, baby, we did it. Like this thing that he said, sure. and I was so surprised when I did not get that phone call after we opened, because right. there was the smallest part of me, and it like it really was small. I'm not insane, but I thought. If we did this, I don't know. I, maybe we'd You'd hear from him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like really, it's, you know, it's like hard to admit how much I actually realized I believed it. Cause I had a rough, I had a rough week after the first opening or our first, we're doing a first pass here in Pittsburgh. Um, I had a rough week cause I, I just came to terms. So it, sure. it is. It's I think, you know, to, to sum it up, it's a culmination of a life in the arts and making things and only know how. To, I, this is the only thing I know how to do is make things um, and, and the, the practice of making it from my point of view. And also just like, what the fuck else am I going to do? Right. Exactly. I'm going to keep looking at his and stuff by myself. Uh-uh. y'all going to think I'm crazy. Let me do it in <sighs> front of you.
2: Exactly. And one of the reasons why I know Mac is not crazy or at least, you know, Mac and I are crazy together Um, is because I had the same experience. You know, when I lost someone very tragically and unexpectedly, um, I had the same response of, I need to make something, and I need to make something immediately. And that was my grief response. And I was shocked. I was like, this this can't be right. And then I realized, oh, no, I have no choice. This is who I am. And then that spiraled into needing to connect and support other people making their grief um, plays and films and being really inspired by that to continue to explore what that means and it just is something that I think is necessary because like max said in the world that we live in we don't necessarily know how to grieve and that's something that our audience members have talked about of I wasn't expecting this show to, you know, be joyful or I wasn't expecting this show to be, you know, fun or uplifting or I was or, you know, it was dark, but I actually enjoyed mm-hmm. it and, and and it just offers so much almost drama therapy. I don't know if you feel that way, Mac. I mean, I think it would be I think
3: right, I mean, I think that's sort of the nature of drama in general, right? Like when we go to the theater, we experience this catharsis and that's maybe the hope, but I Right. Like if it has an impact on you, um, it's it's because you're human. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's it. And I think maybe we're maybe a little starved for these conversations. So when it when it comes, people are feeling quite watered by it. So maybe that's why they have such a strong response. You know, like when when I'm in love and I watch a. I watch a rom-com, it doesn't really hit me, right? Because I'm already – I'm, like, overwatered. I'm already in love. I don't need to see that, whatever, right? <laughs> when I'm going through a breakup and I watch a rom-com, I'm like, this shit sucks, you know? Like this is I, awful. This is – that's not real life. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, it, I think the thing that's interesting about the audiences coming in is that we just – there have been actually quite a handful on Broadway this past year – I'm sorry, off-Broadway this past year of shows dealing with grief – which I think is a direct response of how we're collectively dealing with grief out of the pandemic, um, yep. losing loved ones that we couldn't yeah. uh, even do our maybe minute rituals of even attending funerals. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I just think there's a wave of it for a very good reason, and um, and and we're riding the wave. Like you know, this is one of the reasons why it almost feels like it's the right time because we're seeing it everywhere. You know, it's I'm texting totally. Suzanne like, oh, did you hear about this show? Did you hear about this show? And. And I think a lot of them also happen to be one-person shows because it's, um, hey, I don't want to impose my grief on you, but let me tell you how I'm dealing with this, you know? Yeah, 100%. Um,
1: it's sharing. We had, um, I had Jessica Hendy on the podcast, and she had an incredible one-person show off-Broadway called Walking with Bubbles. Walking and it, with it,
3: Bubbles, yes, yes.
1: Yes, all about her, just like her incredible, you know, grieving of her, her relationship with her ex-partner and um raising her son by herself. But um yeah, it is so interesting that that so many of them are one person shows. But I also think that they I also think that a one-person show, which I have never done, but I must ask you about it, Mac. You've um,
3: never done like a cabaret, Jake? You I mean, this is your podcast. This is like a one person.
1: No, yeah. <laughs> this is this is my one person <laughs> show. But I I would imagine that it feels like the message that you are telling maybe hits home a little easier from from the per- performer's perspective because you're not... There isn't some giant, like, ensemble and costumes and lighting and all of this stuff to sort of, like, help you tell it. Like, I don't know how in-depth you go with all of the propage and all of that, but, like, when it's just you telling... I mean, especially when it's your own story, it's kind of like... There's nothing to hide. Like, there is nowhere to hide. You are exposed fully. What, what is that like?
2: I will say from a director's standpoint, this is one of the most vulnerable shows that I have been involved with. And to see Max's ability to consistently bear her skin over and over again throughout the rehearsal process and through the show process has been one of the most humbling experiences. Um, And I I feel so grateful for that because not everyone can do that the way that she has been doing it so gracefully Mm -hmm. because it really, I mean, especially after that first week of when you really get audiences in, when you're telling such an impactful story, it's, I mean, for me, that has been the most just inspiring part of it of oh wow we do actually have to share this part of it with people
3: Mm -hmm. Uh, that's such a kind thing to say and Suzanne I really I appreciate you saying that Um, I think it also just speaks to the rehearsal process of trusting my person like I mean in this Well, Michelle, I have Suzanne. We have our amazing stage manager, Sarah Shea. We have Claudia Zajic, who's also our assistant stage manager in the space. But that's basically it in the rehearsal room. And so, right, like, you know more than anyone, Jake, like, who's in the room, it matters, right? And if I didn't feel safe to explore or do it wrong or break down or get mad or feel pathetic or whatever. And that actually, I think, speaks to a little bit of, of crafting um, like a, a vulnerability skin in front of an audience because I'm not insecure about my performance. And so if somebody's talking over the show, which has happened a couple of times, like because it's immersive, sometimes the rules are a little muddy. And if you've never really done an immersive show, it's kind of interesting. So mm-hmm. if I'm in a moment where I am crying or whatever and someone's talking or laughing, it doesn't it doesn't penetrate me because it like it's like oh that's kind of an interesting response in the back of my head but it doesn't take me out <laughs> and it doesn't make me like beat myself up and it doesn't make me feel insecure because i know that what i'm doing is getting as close as i can at that time and that moment to quote unquote truth right, right. like as close as i can and like right i'm going to get better at it i'm going to get stronger at it so if someone doesn't like what i'm doing i don't know man like that's okay because that's as much as I have to offer right now and I feel Absolutely. safe enough to offer it so it, it's like the times where we feel insecure is when we feel unsure and I feel unsure in so many times in my life but because of the care that we've taken with this show and in this topic with this stuff um, yeah like I know I know when I'm doing good work I, I, if Brilliant. you don't know that I, yeah, if you, if you don't see it or if you don't like it it doesn't resonate with you like it's really strange because I've heard people talk about this before in this way but it really it doesn't it just kind of bounces off Right. It, that, that, it's not 100% of the time, right? But, like, it yeah. doesn't stick to me like glue or whatever that saying is, mm-hmm. you know? Um, <laughs> and, it, and it comes from the crafting experience. It comes from, like, you know, the home base.
1: Sure. Um, so tell me more about the immersive nature of the show. Because I think we're seeing more and more, I mean, even just in a commercial sense, like something like Here Lies Love, where they have fully renovated this entire theater, the Broadway theater, um, into a a nightclub to, to tell a story in a different way. So how, how do you guys go about, um, quite literally immersing the audience in your story?
2: I mean, I, if I had a choice, I would never perform in a proscenium theater. Um, because I think that you, you have a lack of choices there. Um, and so in our first, iteration we are not in a proscenium and then our second we're in a proscenium so it's really interesting when we're moving spaces of okay so how do we move spaces without re-blocking which is our next kind of stage of our process so to make it immersive in our first uh round in pittsburgh um we have a black box and we are on stage the entire time with our immersive experience so we actually invite our audience in on stage And the whole process begins in the lobby. And we start to ask our audience members what their funeral song would be, Ah. which is part of our welcoming.
3: Jake, what would be your funeral song? Like the song playing at your funeral?
1: Pick Um, one. Probably Virgo's Groove by Beyonce. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) My funeral is going to be a party, bitch. I will have no like, (laughs) woe is me, where (laughs) where
2: It is my I'm gonna be that coffin. Right that coffin is gonna be <laughs> Just it
1: like, Yeah, cry. I'm gonna feel. I'm gonna feel the groove from beyond.
3: Oh my god! See, again, some people have answers. Some people don't. Like you can really, you can really quickly. I. It's one of our favorite questions. Sorry, I interrupted to ask this, but but in the no. very beginning, it, it's it's how we start the show before we ask people to even come in to start to get right. them in the headspace of. Talking about death, but not necessarily sobbing about death. Um, but oh, also yeah. being like, but also looking at it realistically. People take the question rather seriously, and I and it's kind of fun. And Suzanne, you've had that experience. I
2: mean, I haven't. Suzanne's been our our sort of intake usher.
1: Um, oh sure yeah.
2: yeah I've been out there like shaking hands and talking to people and we do it in a way that is respectful like we don't go up to people and be like hey what's your what's your funeral yeah. song you need to know right now for when you no, die because we you're gonna die days. right exactly <laughs> 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 um you know we welcome metal of course um <laughs> if that's your choice um, <laughs> but um you know so that's the first you know the first question and then we get to you know kind of talk people about like the rules of like you know, watch your step. But also, you know, we quote from the show, like Eric has this beautiful line. He always used to say, which is it's a whole thing. And, um, and it's we go thing. into pods. And so it's a whole thing. Exactly. And it works. I mean, that line works with it. Right. Thing. You can just like slip <laughs> it It's a whole thing. Um, and so we let people in, in groups and they go directly onto stage. Um, after of course, you, you know, you have to have a secret password, which is you know your funeral song so you can't get into the theater unless you give a funeral song so heads up everybody if you come <laughs> know your funeral <sighs> song or you will not be let yes us. um <laughs> and then you uh but, you know you get in a pod of six and it might be your friends or it might not so if you get in line without your friends watch out Um, And then you go directly to Mac, and she talks to you about the show, and you, you know, get a little bit of instruction about, like, take your phones out, and if you don't know how to use QR codes, you know, you get a little class, and like, hey, this is how you use a QR code if you weren't paying attention in the pandemic. Um, Because God knows I scanned a lot of QR codes in the pandemic. Sure did. And, uh... Oh, yeah, sure did. And um, and then she talks to you about other little moments in our show, and then you get sent off into these um, scenic design QR code forests that we've made um, that have, um, you know, that are, like, a little bit artsy. We have a funeral side and a date night side because love and death are our two uh, really big themes of the mm. show, especially because the show really deals with um, love and ex lovers and then a bunch of death which is really I just love you know juxtaposition like totally. that and so we have these two sides for you to explore um and we really try to get people to just use the first 20 30 minutes to explore and you know post on social media and really prepare for what the show itself is which is You know it's chaotic and it's fun and you you not only watch mac have this experience on stage but you take your phone out and you scan qr codes during the show and you are allowed to video the whole show if you want to you're asked to record the show at moments i mean we have a whole karaoke moment in the (laughs) show like we use tiktok during the show you can use tiktok during Mm -hmm. the show i mean and a lot of people some people who you know aren't our age um think that's really overwhelming. And I totally get that. But something that Mac and I have talked about is like, you know, in our space, we're constantly being thrown multiple things all at once. Like, you know, we have our phone lining up at us or, you know, yesterday we had that, you know,
1: oh my God, emergency (laughs) service alert. I was like, well, it's over.
2: I'm so glad. Yeah, we're over. We're dead. I'm so glad we didn't have a show yesterday (laughs) Uh, because it would have, you know, stopped our whole Mm show. Um, but you know we have so many things coming at us all the time and so our show really you know if you have adhd the show is for you um you can multitask during this
1: show absolutely i love that
0: it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash life's gotten mundane so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to lucky land you know what they say
1: And I think that's actually an interesting point too to make is that like, perhaps someone who is um, not even like in a different like age category, but just maybe someone who's not as apt to use technology in that certain way, can still get something really emotionally important from this show and this experience.
3: We're also sort of encouraging people to, like, because there are certain things that you watch through your phone, scenes you watch through your phone, like, some of the way that when I meet people, as I sort of said, like, in this pod, if you, y'all you meet each other and y'all f- feel comfortable sitting close to each other, like, look through homeboy's phone. Like, look through his phone, which is, like, such a faux pas, right? Like, yes, I can't yes. look at your phone. And so we're, we're just, we're creating new rules for the space. And also, like, again, sort of the word immersive... Um, more interactive get, it means so many different things. Um, I really, genuinely cannot do the show without an audience. And I think that, like, I think maybe that's across the board. It's like really hard to do a show without, but like, we really didn't know what the show was until we had participating audience <laughs> sure. members because I need people to, I need, I need people in order for things to get completed throughout the show. And there's some things that we need to complete um, on my mission to sort of bring Eric back to life. And I need, you know, so part of the thing and again, shows that I've been crafting since 2017 that involve phones is I, hi audience. My name is Mac. I need you to show up with your full self. And I think that now means showing up with these little computers. And yep. I think that now means you have to bring them into the space if you want to bring your full self with you. And so, and like this wow, idea that's of so like, interesting. well, right. I mean, like even now I'm like, what's Ra- What's Gina's name, right? I'm looking, you know, whatever. Like I'm, yeah. Like, this is just how we have general conversations. And that you wouldn't think that's rude if I looked up somebody's name. If you're in the middle of the show and you have an idea and you go and check your email, like, I don't think that's rude. I think you can multitask. Um, uh-huh. But baked into the show, I do need you to, like, use your phone in order to engage with me and Eric. And again, that goes into how risky, but that's what we mean by immersive. Mm-hmm. that's what we mean by it. like we cannot do the mm-hmm. show if you're not game to try and i swear right. like if we have a whole audience that's not game to try then the show will just stop like this sure. we'll just stop the show i mean like that that's just thank you so much for coming thanks for almost trying i think that's about as much of the story as we can tell uh-huh. um and I, that that hasn't yeah. happened but i don't think it will but <laughs> Wait, that's it.
2: It hasn't happened yet, and people have actually like been more invested in their phones in the show than I think either of us expected. Like our goal was to have like five it's people at night be on their phones, and it's wild that actually people have been really invested. And we've actually needed I think less training yeah. than we thought. Wow. And we've even had some older audience members who don't really know what they're doing, and yet they get their phone out and they just record because they know how to use their camera. Mm-hmm. And they're not doing the show exactly how we're instructing, but they're trying, and they're learning something new. And, you know, also part of the whole point is it's not only just about technology, it's about connection. And that's what I love about having people in pods and trying to encourage them to look at other people's phones. Mm -hmm. Because when you go to the theater, it's also about meeting new people. And that's what we're trying to encourage, of try to say hello to someone. Like, you have no idea who you might be sitting next to, like... You know, one of the first lines that I love is, like, look left and look right. And it seems really silly and stupid. And then the next line is, this is your desert island family. Like, if this show crashes and burns, which is a possibility. Like, we're working <laughs> with so much technology. Like, if Q-Lab crashes, we're done. Right? Like, and, like, that's a possibility. This is who you rely on. And
3: this is it. That's exactly. all you this got. This is who you
2: rely on shake your hand. I mean, I'm Southern. So like my friends hate me. Cause like everywhere you go, I meet somebody. True. Um, but uh, yeah, exactly. So, you know, we just try to encourage that. And you know, with social media, I feel like I meet new people online all the time. And so why not bring that into the space too? Because that's part of our social totally. Media life. Let's bring that into real life. Totally.
1: Do you anticipate there being, um, a difference in, Audience participation levels, you know, upon entering the New York City theater space. I mean We just wanna say about-
3: we just wanna say New York, we know you, we love you. You better show up. You better yes. show up with your phone. Show we, up. Need you to, we need you to take selfies. Okay, I, Pittsburgh, they're a little humble, okay? They don't do selfies as strong. Well, right. I'm gonna need attractive photos of y'all with selfies on the step <laughs> and repeat. <laughs> Like, this yes. show is for you, okay? Okay,
1: so tell us. We tell have us. cute lights. Oh, yes. come on. You uh, know? Backdrops. Yes. So tell us what, what are all of the deets? What do we need to know about coming to your show in New York City?
3: Okay, well, first things first, if you are listening to this, And you want to get tickets. uh, Our tickets are up already right now. Um, You can go to macstage.com, which is my website and you'll get, you'll be able to find tickets right there. That's probably the easiest one. You can also go through our producers, which is off the wall productions, and you'll be able to find a link to that show. Also Um, you should absolutely get a little sense of what the show is by following myself on Instagram at Macers NYC or on TikTok. Suzanne, what's your handle on Instagram?
2: My handle on Instagram is Suzanne S U S A N 11.
3: And and that you're like, that's not about the show. No, no, it is. This is all how you're gonna learn more about the show and feel like you're immersed in the show. Great. Hell yeah. So if you are listening and you wanna get tickets, get tickets early. Um and if you use code MAC23, we got you on that ten dollar discount. There are the, yes, ten dollars. Ten dollars. Um, and we'll be running from October 26th through November 18th. We will be at The Chain, which is on 36th Street on the fourth floor. So there's like a little bit of a Pokemon Go hunt, but we're going to try to make it as easy as we can for you to find us. Love and it. we have about, I think, 18 shows. So 18 opportunities to come see us. And yes. I will literally know if you're there because I literally meet every single person that comes through that door. So don't cry. <laughs> <it>. Don't cry. <laughs> do
1: every I single person. I cannot wait to be there. I just... This this show... Not only does, you know, Eric as a person just sound so absolutely wonderful, but this show and, and conversations about death I think are really cool and inspiring and important and I am kind of a true, cra- true crime fan like aficionado. I'm a it. little obsessed. So I'm like... This is kind of like right up my alley but I also think it's just so exciting... To talk about death in a way that doesn't have to feel like we have to be sad about it. I I am lucky and fortunate enough to to have a sort of outlook on death as uh, sort of how you mentioned earlier, just like it, it's something that happens to all of us. It's kind of the universal. It, it is the unifier of of us all. And um, I don't know. I just I'm so excited to to experience this and um, to hopefully get other people to come and experience it because I mean, I just am so inspired by you, miss, miss Mac. I have been so in awe of you since I got to work with you. Shout out to the Ivory tin play. Playhouse, playhouse. For, putting, House. Me, <laughs> for K- putting Katie Mac quite literally in my lap in cabaret, the musical where we got to make out. Um, and then, you know, from there to now, I just, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so like, just proud and inspired by, by this work that you're doing. And, you are making Eric live on, which is exactly the goal. So that's, I'm so proud of you.
3: These words are now recorded in history. I will be listening to them every day in the shower Um, and possibly while I prep myself for many, many dates. Thank you for this. Um, No, this has been, to be able to talk about this, every single time we talk about it, we get better and better. It's new, but also not new. And really, it just becomes one of those things like, you know, there are two options, either make something or not make something. And we made something and who yeah. you make it with really matters. Having Suzanne by my side has been the goddamn gift of my life and the people <laughs> that you meet along the way. Right. Like who would have thought there'd be, be in this space? So it's just, it's a big full life and life is long until it's not. So I know I'm really, really grateful to be able to talk about this and to invite everybody, but especially you Jake to the show. It'll be really special.
1: Fantastic.
2: Thank you so much. For oh having my God. Of studio. course. this is beautiful and having the opportunity to really speak our truth and talk about process is so important because this is, you know, it's not over ever. It's not done. This is, this lives on and it will be in the universe and will continue. Totally.
1: Well, before I let you go, I do want to ask you about one more element of Eric's incredible life and work, which was, um, sort of a focus on prison reform and you told me earlier Mac that you actually were even at a prison today to speak to people. I was. Can you tell me about what that work means to you?
3: So yeah I mean so Eric went into uh, prisons to talk about ethics um, and to talk about freedoms and philosophy and what it means to be a person in the world and what an interesting viewpoint and lens to do it with people who are literally stripped of their sort of like inherent freedom
1: humanity yeah yeah,
3: yeah. and um what are the systems that are set in place and then what is the on un- the ways that people feel unjust and how do we then lash out or how do we i guess like it can prison be a way in which we um, can look at our lives and become reformed persons, and sort of inherently like they were not structures that were built for this. Let's call a spade a spade. Um, you know, like right. So
1: let's call slavery slavery. Like yeah, let's call slavery slavery.
3: Let's let's call xenophobia xenophobia. Like I mean, these are you know, and and really the the impetus for prisons being started is just that we have people who are unwell. We don't know how to deal with them. Let's put them somewhere else. So that's even Correct. that's even like right way before. So. It is – there is nothing like getting a goddamn reality check than walking into a system that you can walk into and you can freely walk out of. Yep. And also talking to people who – Right. Like I am 37 years old. I look amazing. I'm incredibly attractive in case you're wondering. But right. Like (laughs) I don't have to. My baggage only comes out after two years of dating me. Right. Like I don't have to literally carry it with me. Um, The mistakes that I have made manifest in like, I don't know, maybe late night eating. Um, The mistakes that these people have made and uh, now been punished for um, are something that they have to face every single day. Mm -hmm. And it just, and it really does, it does put a spin on everyday conversations. Um,
1: And And certainly the art that you go about creating.
3: Well, and, and it, it, again, like who are you making art for is a great question. Like as a maker, I'm like, who is your avatar audience? And I really, I really continue to expand on what that question really is, right? Like if I'm making social media art, which is kind of like what I've been like playing with. I'm not making it for prisoners, but I, because they don't have access to social media. So,
1: um,
3: but if I want to comment on what it means to talk about identity or being stripped of identity or presenting uh, in one way to the outside world and changing the way you want to present in a different environment, wow, those are great people to interact with.
1: Hell yeah.
3: And really at the end of the day, like, I don't know shit. I don't know shit. People, you know, (laughs) I walk into every situation being like, I don't know anything. And, (laughs) and I learned that. And every single time I'm in a situation, you know, you know, where, where I'm not um, supposed to be in charge, which is most of the, because that's dumb to put me in charge. I am in a, I'm in in an opportunity to learn something and I'm curious, right? You have to walk into it with curiosity. And today I was at the Allegheny County jail and I'm just talking with really We're talking about what the purpose of prison is to prisoners who are in jail. Now, at the county jail, you're only there for probably less than two years. I think you can be maxed up to five years. But, Mm -hmm. like, again, what is it? We all have now a little bit, like, let's pull our empathy bones, right, Um, had an experience of kind of being held up against our will or against you know we, we didn't want to be like because of covid like we all had yeah. to be like confined what does this mean how does it affect our mental health and somebody his name is frank shout out to frank um said today that you know he thinks that the permeating thing which i think relates to so many artists in this way is that every single person in the uh in the system is just really kind of mentally unhealthy right it's the biggest the biggest problem is Mm -hmm. um and not having the tools to deal with it and so then i just sort of go back to the questions of the artists that are now making things is how are we going to unpack things to let people know that certain things that we have been told are not okay might be okay Right? right so 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 really i mean like yes they are they are not connected but like as a human they mm-hmm. are. And it's actually my responsibility as somebody who wants to continue to make things to try to make those connections. And and like arrogantly so. Like, you know, who am well, I? Like sure, who cares what I say? But like, let's try. Right? Let's
1: try. And let's try. I wish that that conversation, I mean, or or shows like yours were able to be backed by you know, more and more people as time goes on because this the things that we are seeing successful or, you know, like quote unquote have success um, commercially, oftentimes are not telling us the important stories, not not giving us the information that we could use to reform things like prisons. So it just, it's, it's I'm so excited that there are artists like you guys in this world who are doing things that are not just, you know, the glitz and the glamour and to make a dollar.
3: Jake, it's because I don't know how to dance. You saw me in cabaret. Okay, so... <laughs> kick my face I've been saying it I just I don't have big enough boobs like you know like the world basically that's I'm just like you know you got you got the voice you got you got the moves okay so you know
2: I may have gone to Boco but I I did not not. (laughs)
3: So, so really I mean right there there is like every single time that we talk about what are the things that are being made and what should get made there is a space for everything there is a space for everything And any time we can give somebody an experience of feeling slightly different than when they came in, I think we're doing work. Now, I love what you just said, because like, hell yeah, put me to work. Let me make some real shit. But honestly, like, man, I remember going to Newsies, having a badass day, walking out and feeling fucking amazing. Right. Of course. And so like there is. Again, yeah, like, you know, Newsies has some like harder things in there, but like, you know, but like, but really and, and really it came from not even the content, but it came from the love from the performers. It came from the right. heart from the singers like it. It came from the real people on stage in real time. And that's what I love about theater so much. And um, and for me, a little bit of what I'm doing with bringing phones in. It's a it's a question mark. I don't want to see this thing die. Right. So if if we can only put up Aladdin on Broadway so it doesn't die like cool, actually, it's kind of fun or like SpongeBob is actually really fucking fun. Right. But yeah. Yeah. But like, what are some other ways, y'all, that we can keep this alive? Every other art form is doing it. You know, we have every other art form doing it. And so it's just a question. I don't know if we're doing it 100 percent successfully, but goddamn, are we going to try? Because theater theater changes me and that and it's my fucking favorite thing in the world. And. You know, I'll be damned if we don't give it an effort or we'll like inspire somebody who does it better. I don't care. I don't no. need to own it. Exactly. Let's, yeah.
2: And there's people, there's so many people out there doing the thing. There are incredible companies that are community driven that are working with police reform mm-hmm. and are working with um, jail reform and you can go and connect with those people. And, you know, Jake, there's a reason you and I have seen a wicked, like a combination of over yes. time times. Like, you know, there are reasons out there and together we can create new developing theater that can push the Mm -hmm. envelope and can start to also be a part of the capitalistic way that that theater is made so that there is a variety of those shows that are running on Broadway and off-Broadway that can not only bring in money, but also can have a really big stamp on what theater means. And that, at least, is my goal as an artist, is how can we find a way to run that balance of this is theater that means something and this is also theater that brings Mm -hmm. in money so that people understand that there are many with different ways to tell a story, and there are many different ways to make an impact. And I,
3: the- and I, real quick, of course, want to take this moment to just shout out our producers, um, Hans and Jenny Greenert of Off the Wall Productions. Are people who, for the past seventeen years, created a theater company because they were tired of, tired of seeing the commercialized stuff. They're kind of really proud. They're like, we don't do musicals. Um, <laughs> as like a, as a <laughs> but like, they go and they search for new work. You know, like, and that's hard to do. You know, they they I mean, the effort that they put in to making sure that new work is happening and to supporting female and non-binary voices, especially this season. I mean, it's 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 a mission statement that they really settle up to and they will not be pushed another way. And it's people like that, um, you know, backing again. You know, we're 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 still, you know we're dealing with more money than I could ever dream of, but you know, we're not dealing with off with real Broadway money, but like, you know, with that amount of love and care and innovation, but really with the push of making sure that's important, right. um, We get to start to make things like this and there are companies like that and people like that. And just a, a quick moment. I know Suzanne will back me up on this um, to really thank them because this is scary for them. They don't do shows that are, that are this weird. Um, Uh but they, but they have wanted to, you know, they, they want to not see this thing die. So really it's find your people and then flirt with them, you know?
2: (laughs) Yeah. And keep going and do something new. Like this is really their first show that is really, um, (laughs) off the wall in this sense. Um, and that's the name of their company. Like this is, you know, I think the most off the wall that they will probably do for a long time because it, it takes guts to do a show like this that, It's scary, and almost the the number one quotable thing that we have seen so far is, like, we've never seen a show like this before. And I'm curious to see if New York has the same reaction, because um, I have not seen a show like this before that uses AI and cell phones and siphoning and all the technology we've seen before. So I'm interested to see other creatives who do this and work with this kind of technology come to the show and tell us, you know, they've done this before and do it Mm -hmm. this way. Um, because I would love to, yeah, know. this is,
3: this is a little bit of a beacon, right? Like we're a little bit where the lighthouse, the light is on. We don't know where you're at, but I'll tell you, we just haven't seen it yet, but we're calling to you. You're working on this. This is the kind of stuff you're doing. Please come see this show and meet us afterwards because you know, we want to collaborate with smarter, better, brilliant. I don't know if you can be better looking, but cooler <laughs> people than us. And and that would be that that would be I mean and again, even just making this thing I had a whole year of inspiration tour where I just went and saw as many things as I possibly could that that I was like, I want to do something like that I want to do something like that I mean that's mm-hmm. an accumulate like oh, I saw here lies love in twenty fifteen at the public right I mean there is a piece of here li- here's here lies love in my show I mean mm-hmm. I just cl- I'm just constantly collecting there are pieces of these things and it's the the it this is. You know, I didn't want to make this. If somebody had already made this, I wouldn't have had to have made this. Right. I'm pissed. So if you're doing something (laughs) and you think you can do it better, please come tell us how it's done. And it's not it's not a like bragging thing. We want we welcome those things because we know that there are people who are working in this world and that this zeitgeist is is not ours. We don't own this intellectual property. Right. Um, And we're just excited to share it in this way. And we'll go first. We'll go first and we'll fail, but let us know how it, how it hits and give us better ideas. So yeah.
1: So fucking cool. It's brilliant. And I'm just, I'm just so proud of, of all of the work that you guys have put into this. So thank you so, so much for being on the pod. I, this has been just an absolute delight. You guys are both so brilliant and I cannot wait to see the show for the listeners. You guys, the show opens October 26th. I'm getting my ticket today. And that's I right, cannot baby. wait to see you all there. Hashtag ugly cry. You guys, that's it for another crazy episode of Oh My Pod, you guys. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you listen to the pod. And you can follow the show on Instagram at Oh My Pod, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Talk soon. Bye. Oh my pod.